podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another video and podcast from Fantasy Football Scout. My name is David and today we are going to be continuing our series of videos analysing the FPL fixtures for the new campaign. Now so far we've had a look at who's got the best fixtures in the first six game weeks and what that means for our teams. We've also had a look at what the best rotation pairings are in terms of defence but also captaincy as well and when could be the best time to play your first wildcard by having a look at when the fixture swings take place. So if you've not already had a chance to check out that content on our YouTube channel or on our podcast platforms make sure you go check them out because they will be very very useful for planning uh, the season ahead. Now today how we're going to continue that is is by having a look at how the African Cup of Nations is going to impact the Premier League this year. We had a year off from it last year. We've got another one this year, and we're going to have a look at what impact that's going to have on our FPL players. Now, we usually have one of these tournaments every two years, and we've had a few delays with this with this tournament in the last couple of uh, last couple of renditions. And for example, the 2021. Uh, AFCON ended up being in 2022 because of COVID. And then the 2023 uh, edition was supposed to be this year, obviously. But the Ivory Coast summer weather is something that concerned organisers. So they moved it so that it's going to be in January 2024. Uh, so it's going to run from January 13th uh, to February the 11th. And that is going to cover... Um, a few game weeks of FPL, which is what we're here to talk about today. So it's going to cover game weeks 21, 22, 23, and 24. And we're going to look at, is that good for FPL? Is that bad for FPL? What impact that's going to have? Is there anything we can do to plan in the meantime? It's largely going to focus on around when we're thinking about our wildcard because there's a really um, important thing to consider with uh, some of the players who are going to be in and out of Premier League action in the winter when we think about when we're playing that wildcard. Now, thankfully, the pre-tournament call-ups uh, aren't really going to affect FPL at all because the week before that is very much dedicated to the FA Cup and the EFL Cup. So with uh, the tournament starting on the 13th of January, those pre-tournament involvements in the first week of January and leading into the second week really only going to be missing cup matches because that's when we can have the third round of the FA Cup and the closing stages of the EFL Cup. But for the rest of the tournament, we are going to see a situation whereby we've got four FPL game weeks that are going to be uh, affected. Now, at this stage, we should say that we we don't know when the dates are of the knockout rounds are going to be. So it's hard to say exactly where everything's going to sit flush. And of course, uh, we don't know who's going to make the knockout stages. We, a lot of the players that we rely on might get knocked out in the group stages. You just never know. Uh, there's usually a few shocks and surprises at any African Cup of Nations. It's a very competitive field. And so there's only so much we can look at. And of course, it is uh, June <laughs> and it is a very far ahead uh, look. But it's, it's definitely interesting for, for those who are sort of getting uh, an act, trying to get an accurate feel of what the rest of the season is going to look like. So the first week uh, of AFCON is so between the 13th and the 21st of January. It's actually not going to affect all that much. Now, some of you may remember back in the before times, before we had COVID, that they introduced the uh, the split that was going to be a sort of semi-winter break in their attempt to sort of um, compromise with those who felt that we needed a European break and a, a, a Premier League break like the European teams have, whereby we have like two or three weeks off over Christmas, for example, to give players a rest. And the solution for that was to split a winter game week, uh, either in January and February, in half, 
And so the football continues. Do not worry, my friend, my football fans out there and those of us in the media who need the football to still be on. It's still going to be on in a broad Mitchell and Webb sense. The football is, is not stopping. Uh, but for the players within that, there was a rest. You know, So the first half of game week 21 uh, was going to have 10 teams involved and the second half of game week 21 is going to have the rest of the league involved. And so the first week of AFCON is actually going to clash with the first one of those we've had in a number of years because we haven't been able to do it because we've just had so many things in the way like COVID and then the World Cup and, and then of course the Queen's Funeral as well also kind of pushed a few games around a little bit as well so haven't had a chance to have one of those in quite a while and that is good for FBL because it means that between the 13th and in effect actually the 30th of January it's quite a long time uh, we are that, that's how long we're going to go without having to make an FBL decision um, because of a few other things which I'll go through in a minute. We're, we're, we're only going to see the players that are from the AFCON teams missing one Premier League game between the 13th and the 30th. And in that time, a lot of teams are going to get eliminated. And so that is good news. And so, yeah, so the, the winter break is, is very helpful. Then the next uh, helpful thing here is, of course, is the FA Cup fourth round. So I've just mentioned there that there's a massive gap between the 13th and the 30th where we're not making any FPL decisions because we submit our teams for game week 21 on Saturday, 13th of January. And then on Tuesday, the 30th of January, that's when we're talking about game week 22 because the weekend just before that is getting used for the FA Cup fourth round. Um, and then we've got a nice little midweek game week here from Tuesday the 30th to Wednesday the 31st, followed very quickly uh, by uh, game week 23 on Saturday the 3rd of February and Sunday 4th of February. Might have a Monday night game in there as well. And so, yeah, two FBL game weeks in very quick succession. But by that stage, we're, you know, moving towards the closing stages of, of AFCON. And so when it finishes on the 11th of February, it's game week 24, uh, that is on, on the same weekend as that but of course by that stage you're just going to have two teams left with the competitive fixture the final of course um, and so yeah then there's about a six day turnaround between uh, the two game weeks 24 and 25 and so possible possible that those that are involved in that final might have a chance to maybe play in game week 25 uh, but it's it's hard to say obviously at this stage we don't even know who's qualified for this tournament in uh, in, in its entirety yet so but the general gist, the general gist is that Afcon isn't going to affect FBL too much. We think, especially in the beginning of the tournament, when we have when teams have got games every three days with the group stages, that winter break and the FA Cup fourth round, and of course the FA Cup third round as well. Those three things coming at just the perfect time to hopefully mitigate against too much overall damage. But let's have a look at the fixtures that Premier League teams have during this period because that will help us uh, have an idea of who we're going to be having a look out for. Because everything I've just said it doesn't mean we're not going to be in a situation whereby there will be impacts on FPL because there will be some. And of course, that is potentially going to revolve around Mohamed Salah, who's on the screen right now. Big, important player for Liverpool and Egypt, for example. And so I thought I'd just have a look at some of the fixtures around this time to see if there are teams that we would want to be involved in anyway and just compare that with some of the players who we think might be involved in the tournament. So the, the first team that actually stands out here for me is actually Arsenal because uh, they've got some quite nice fixtures in the um, games 21, 22 and 24. And we'll come on to in a minute. They're probably not going to be all that affected by, by AFCON, to be honest. So Palace at home, Forest away, West Ham away, some nice fixtures there. Quite like the look of Brighton's fixtures during this period as well. So Wolves at home, Luton away, Palace at home. And then Spurs away is not as nice. But who knows, Spurs could be a mess again by this, by that time next next season. So, yep, got my eye on them. I've also got my eye, I think, on Fulham. Chelsea away, Everton at home, Burnley away, Bournemouth at home. Um, let's have a look at Liverpool. 
because their fixtures are middling slash mixed here, which is maybe good if they're going to be without Salah because then you've sort of got even more of an excuse to just not be all that involved uh, in them. It's it's very much a beginning, middle and end here because Bournemouth, well, the beginning and the end are great. Bournemouth away, game of 21. Burnley at home, game of 24. But they do have Chelsea at home and Arsenal away in 22 and 23, which could be very difficult fixtures this season. So that real middle chunk where, you know, Salah could be involved in a lot of knockout games, Liverpool aren't going to have very nice fixtures uh, anyway. Um, so we'll talk We'll talk about what that potentially means for the players we're looking at in a second when we come on to the list of specific individuals we expect to be involved in the tournament. But yeah, it's worth bearing those fixtures in mind. Uh, and then Sheffield United are probably the only other ones, oh, and Man United, I suppose. So let's do Man United first. Spurs at home, Wolves away, West Ham at home, Villa away. A lot of blue there on the season ticker. Uh, Sheffield United, got West Ham at home, Palace away, Villa at home, and then Luton away. And West Ham have a, a an Afghan of two halves. So in the first two weeks of first two game weeks of Afcon uh, interaction with the Premier League, Sheffield United away and Bournemouth at home, but then they played Man United away and Arsenal at home uh, as well. So yeah, that's how the fixtures are looking, and I should just take this moment to be awfully shameless about all this uh, and ask you to uh, consider signing up for Fantasy Football Scout membership because uh, then you can have access to this season ticket in full, which is considerably more interactive than uh, it looks on the screen right now because you can play around with it. You can uh, pick however many game weeks you want to look over, uh, sort by difficulty for attack, defense, uh, sort by home and away rotations, all sorts of stuff, loads you can do, and that's just one small tool that you can use in the Fantasy Football Scout members area there's loads and loads of it so make sure you head to the website have a look at scout memberships and what benefits they offer and pick the package that is right for you but i did promise that we would look at which teams are going to be potentially losing which players and should just say that the uh, time of recording this uh, the players that we have got on this list are those who play for teams who have already qualified if they haven't qualified uh, then we'll talk about them in a minute and there's some fairly big teams that haven't actually wrapped up the qualification yet but we'll, we'll start with those that are definitely teams that are definitely going to be there and so I mentioned about Arsenal and uh, the reason why I think it's quite uh, useful to talk about them is because the only player right now who we could uh, foresee uh, potentially being involved in AFCON is Mohamed Elneny who you know just newsflash shock horror is actually still an Arsenal player it's crazy and uh, but he, but we is he that central to the team not really and so with him at the moment being the only player that we would expect Arsenal to lose to this tournament with the likes of Chelsea losing quite a lot which we'll talk about in a minute uh, with Liverpool losing their best player to this tournament Man City also uh, you know losing Maris possibly if he's still a City player uh, just a couple of other teams, you know. It just it just really warrants Arsenal being at full strength during this period, which could be quite important for this particular period. If if you're potentially playing a wild card around this time, either before uh, or after, possibly. So yeah, that's worth being aware of. Aston Villa, they uh, if uh, unless they sign Afcon players, I suppose that is one of the uh, clarif- uh, caveat just to mention. Uh, Bertrand Traore of Burkina Faso. Uh, Bournemouth currently have on their books Hamad Traore of Ivory Coast and Dango Uatara of Burkina Faso. Uh, Brentford have Frank Onyeka uh, of Nigeria. And we'll come back to Brentford in a minute because we've got some teams that haven't qualified yet that could somehow make a difference here. Now, Brighton, at the time of recording, don't have any players who would be involved in AFCON. There is one player who might be, which we'll get to in a minute, but he's not that central to the team. So generally... We expect Brighton to probably be at relatively full strength at this time of the season without losing too many uh, 
key individuals to AFCON. And I'll just refer back to their fixtures, which are very nice. Wolves at home, Luton away, Crystal Palace at home. Really nice fixtures there. Should be at full strength. Uh, AFCON could very much benefit them, as it could potentially also benefit Arsenal as well. Uh, Burnley, at the current time, have uh, Anas Zorori of Morocco and Lyle Foster of South Africa. Their fixtures are kind of okay. They could potentially be used in a rotation at this point. They've got Luton at home and Fulham at home in this period, and then City away and Liverpool away in this period. So you could, with them only losing two players, potentially uh, to this, could still be at full enough strength that you could uh, keep Burnley in a rotation by that point, because they're going to be cheap as well. But I did talk about Chelsea. They are probably the team that are at biggest risk of teams that we would be interested in for FBL put it that way because we've got another team which we'll talk about in a minute that is potentially losing loads of players but we probably wouldn't own any of them anyway and we probably wouldn't own any of their colleagues either so Chelsea could be without Fafana, Koulibaly, Mendy and Ziyech who again another newsflash he actually still is a Chelsea player if you hadn't already realised now some of these players might have left that is obviously important to remember but Koulibaly is quite important to them I would say uh, Fafana as well and so yeah, it's just being aware that Chelsea could be a little bit short at this time of the season. Uh, their fixtures, kind of nice. Fulham at home, Wolves at home, Liverpool away, Palace away. Are the four fixtures uh, in this period. Um, Mendy, of course, you know he might be going as well. And Kepa, it sounds like, is going to be the number one. So, bodies missing. Is that going to affect them massively? We'll see. But Koulibaly, I think, especially could be a big, big loss. Especially as you'd expect Senegal to do well at the tournament. They're the defending champions. Could go quite far into it. So, yeah. Uh, another big name, I suppose, from FPL uh, folklore, of course, uh, Wilfred Zaha, Ivory Coast, uh, and Crystal Palace, but he might be leaving, you never know. Uh, they could also be without Czech Decore uh, of Mali as well. Everton, Idrissa Gay from Senegal, Alex Awobi from Nigeria, and Abdullah Decore from Mali. So some important players for them. Are we that fussed by their players? Not really. So that's probably not um, going to be all that impactful, but with uh, for FPL terms anyway. Could they suffer as a team? Absolutely, because there's some important players there for them. And so the reason why we talk about this sort of thing is because with some teams suffering, those who aren't losing too many people, like Fulham, all of a sudden become a lot more uh, viable at this stage of the season. So at the moment, for me, it's Arsenal, it's Brighton, are the two teams that I'm probably going to focus on around this time uh, based on AFCON. But Fulham's fixtures also look really good here because they're going to be at full strength for uh, all of these fixtures, we would imagine, in terms of, you know, notwithstanding injuries and things like that, but in terms of um, just players' involvement in this tournament. And their fixtures are really, really nice, as we've already looked at. Now, Chelsea away is not nice, but then you've got Everton at home, Burnley away, and Bournemouth at home, which is a really nice set of fixtures there, three in a row, when some other teams could be missing their best players still if they've gone deep into the tournament. So, yeah, Fulham very much could be uh, one to look at there, whether it's a Mitrovic or a Pereira or who knows, maybe their defence turns up this year and we can have one of their guys at 4.5. So, yeah, I think keeping an eye on Fulham for this time of the season could be worth doing for those who are into their long-term planning. Now, second half of the Premier League then. So, Liverpool, we've talked about Salah, it's an obvious one, but let's just... Let's just have a look at that in the context of these fixtures. So Bournemouth away, game week 21, you know, you're almost certainly not going to have Salah uh, unless something dramatic happens and he decides he doesn't want to play for the national team. But based on how things went last time for Egypt, you would expect he's going to want to be involved. So 
Bournemouth away. So that could be a good fixture for you to get involved in some of the cheaper attackers who, without Salah, of course, are going to be more likely to start. There is some rotation uh, threat in that ch- in that Liverpool attack these days just because of the players they've got on the books. And so with Salah not being there for that Bournemouth game, that's nice. That's nice. But I already sort of alluded to this, the mixed nature of their fixtures. Chelsea at home... Now, we don't know what we're going to get from Chelsea this year, although if you'd like to find out more, you can always check out the Scout Report on Mauricio Pochettino on our YouTube channel and on our podcast platforms where we assess what he could bring to Chelsea this year. And in terms of my personal opinion, I think we could see a much, much improved Chelsea team this year that could take a lot of people by surprise. Now, we'll have to see what happens there. But of course, a home game against Chelsea in game week 22 without Salah next season, is that going to be all that appealing? Potentially not. Could be coming into that game week, possibly, with Chelsea being one of the best defences in the league. Lots of if, ifs and buts and maybes, for example, here. But, you know, it, just on paper, it's not a great fixture. And then game week 23, away to Arsenal. Do you really want to have your Gakpos and your Jotas for this? Probably not. Especially in a world where Arsenal's fixtures, uh, by com- contrast, obviously playing them in this game week, are much nicer. And they're probably going to be at full strength with their attackers. Now, game week 24, Burnley at home. That is a time when you probably do want a Liverpool attacker. Will Salah be returned home by this point? Possibly. I mean, we, we hope for his sake that he's not, because I would like to see him, you know, lift the lift that trophy, uh, just just for purely you know sentimental reasons. An FPL hero of mine, or FPL hero of, me, of many of us. But if they have been knocked out, that could be a return for him. But you'd feel like in all likelihood he's probably still going to be involved. And so it's a bit tricky because the first and the last fixtures there are quite good for attacking returns and defensive as well. But the one, the two in the middle are a bit. Ugh. So, so, so what to do with Liverpool players during that period when they don't have their best player? A bit of a tricky one. Now, Luton at the moment, they don't have anybody on our list uh, um, unless they purchase somebody, bring them in in the transfer window who uh, has AFCON commitments. But their fixtures are useful here. Now, we've talked about their ability to possibly be in a rotation for next season. Uh, First things first, go check out the video and the podcast we've done on Luton's uh, just credentials for the Premier League and how they're going to do for FPL. Decent potential for some defensive returns occasionally for their 4.5s, we think. And then also go check out our defensive rotation video on podcast as well, where Everton and Luton actually fit quite nicely into a bit of a rotation this season if they can show us a bit of defensive um, clout, a bit of defensive know-how. And so in the AFCON period when they look like they're going to be at full strength, Burnley away, in game of 21 and Sheffield United at home in game of 24 still look like viable fixtures and so that rotation could last up to this point provided it starts well enough to be invested in um, Man City are going to be short uh, Mares we would expect but only if he's still a Man City player because there is rumours of him potentially not sticking around uh, any longer in which case it probably isn't going to affect them at all now if he is going to continue as a Man City player then this is good news for Man City uh, owners or owners of Man City assets because it's just one extra guy to just be taken out of the uh, equation for this sort of thing going to be lots of cup fixtures around this time of year which in theory makes it easier to predict a Man City team because you can base it off the just the slew of cup games that are going to be going on at this time of year we're going to have the third round of the FA Cup we're going to have the later stages of the EFL Cup you'd expect them to be involved in that for sure fourth round of the FA Cup Mares potentially uh, in uh, still in Ivory Coast competing for Algeria could make Man City very easy to predict at this time of the season their fixtures aren't amazing Newcastle away Burnley at home 
Brentford away, Everton at home. And so I want to say they're not amazing. I refer to the away fixtures, of course, to Newcastle and Brentford, but it's City. You know, they, they can easily win those games comfortably. And those home games, whoa, they look tasty, don't they? Burnley at home, Everton at home. And so, in theory, picking your Man City players should be easier at this time. And with Salah potentially out of the way, you know, you could maybe switch to a De Bruyne, for example, and that's easier to do uh, with Salah just not around and not having to worry about his EO and captaincy and things like that. So that could be a, a big, big thing for us to have a look at in this uh, time of the season. United uh, should be um, without Bay and Diallo. Is that going to mean much? Not really. They're not exactly important players for them. And so here's another team that could really benefit from AFCON, um, being one of the big teams and not losing their best players. Tottenham at home, Wolves away, West Ham at home, Villa away. A lot of blue there on the ticker. Some of those fixtures might be harder in real life than they are on paper, but, you know, they're going to be they're going to having a full complement of players, notwithstanding injuries. So that's important. Another team in that scenario at the moment, unless they buy an Afghan player, uh, is Newcastle. So they've got City at home, yes, in the first of the Afcon game weeks. But then Villa away, Luton at home, Forest away. Those last two especially look really really nice, and uh, should be um, completely untouched by Afcon. We think, um, as I said, notwithstanding transfers. So Newcastle in a in a good place, I think, for that particular period uh, as well. Then we come to Nottingham Forest, who could potentially be having a horrendous AFCON because they've got so many players on their books who we expect to be involved. It's so many. So we've got for Ivory Coast, the host nation, Aurier and Bolly. Then for Senegal, they've got Niakate and uh, Cheku Kiyate. For Nigeria, they've got Awanyi and Emmanuel Dennis. So I'm um, trying not to get sent off there, mate. You know, trying not to trigger us all into remembering that fated double game week. But six, like, fairly important players for them there at Forest. And their fixtures in this period are horrible. So Brentford away, Arsenal at home, Bournemouth away, Newcastle at home. So if they're in another struggle again, um, you know, they very much could be um, <laughs> having an even bigger mountain to climb when those players return to the club. My biggest takeaway from that probably is during AFCON, it's Operation Target Forest because losing those players uh, will be will be pretty pretty damaging for them so the teams that could benefit so Brentford away so uh, Brentford will be at home to Forest uh, then Arsenal will come to the city ground with a potentially weakened Forest side uh, Bournemouth away so you know during this period Bournemouth have got West Ham away Forest at home and Fulham away and so it could be could be Solanke season you know uh, with Forest being so um, devoid of of important players. And then Newcastle, they host them in game week 24. And we've already just talked about the fact that Newcastle could pretty much be at full strength. Are Forest going to still be without a lot of these players when it gets to the end of the tournament? Possibly, because they've got these six players all are drawn from three of the biggest and best teams in Africa. So could entirely imagine Ivory Coast, Senegal and Nigeria going pretty deep into the tournament. So um, which, whichever way happens, you know, you could have four of those six possibly in the final. So Forest very much look like the team to target during AFCON, uh, from what I can see. Uh, Sheffield United are going to be without uh, Ndiaye and uh, Koulibaly, uh, this time with a C or a curly cur, as my kids would say. Um, so Ndiaye is a fairly important player for them, but the fixtures here are relatively nice, so maybe there's alternatives we can look at. So West Ham at home, Palace away, Aston Villa at home and Luton away. So that's Sheffield United. Uh, Spurs are probably going to be just about okay. Uh, they've got um, Saar and Basuma uh, potentially out of action. But the fixtures aren't too nice. So United away, Brentford at home, Everton away and Brighton at home. 
much of a muchness really kind of like middling fixtures but not losing too many key players all eyes of course really is on what happens with Harry Kane now West Ham I said that they had a really nice first half of this period but a really bad second half I wouldn't get too sucked in by that because they're going to be without um, Aguered who has gone on to be quite important for them Ben Rama uh, potentially becoming more and more important uh, each season uh, Maxwell Corne is also involved as well but uh, not exactly a first team player but they're going to be without those three for Sheffield United away, Bournemouth for home, might be just about okay. Probably for attacking, they're going to be okay. Uh, but then when they get those guys back, in all likelihood with those players probably getting knocked out, they then got United and Arsenal, which is not a nice uh, combination. And finally, Wolves then, uh, more formality at this point, because I don't really think it's going to affect FPL too much, but eight Nori of Algeria and Bubakar Traore of Mali are the players they're going to be without, and their fixtures are just middling not much to to write home about but yes I did promise that we would talk about the players who could still also be involved because at the current point in time the qualification for AFCON is not quite finished yet and there's some matches to be played in September and it's a bit fiddly in some places because for example Kenya uh, got disqualified and so the qualification group that's got Namibia Cameroon uh, and Burundi in it um, just got a little bit sort of messed up by um, their lack of involvement so it means that we just it's not tied up with a sweet little bow who's actually going to qualify at that group. So Cameroon, their qualification uh, isn't done yet. Ghana's qualification isn't done yet because they are in sort of a group of death, not the, the, the biggest group of death, which I'll come to in a minute, but they've got one game left to go. They've got nine points, top of the group. Angola have eight points, second in the group, but Central African Republic have seven points, third in the group. So, and the top two qualify for the tournament. So they could technically still not qualify. And so that's why they weren't in that list. And the only other one that's probably uh, important is the Democratic Republic of Congo. Never thought I'd be talking about their international team on a Fantasy Football Scout video, but it is the summer. Uh, So here we are. They are in the groupest of all deaths in that Sudan are bottom of that group with six points. Then Democratic Republic of Congo have seven points alongside um, Gabon uh, on seven as well. And Mauritania. Uh, on uh, eight points so who knows what could happen there I mean genuinely without much Premier League football uh, although actually the final qualification games are actually in September but go watch out the final day of that qualification group I for AFCON looks riveting to be honest Uh, but yes what does that mean for (laughs) the Premier League Uh, we always have to bring it back to that Uh, it does mean basically that Bryant and Burmo of Cameroon could also get added to this list and he is quite an important player for them Although Brentford, by this stage, will have um, Tony back from his ban, uh, I think, uh, just about. I think his, that's how his, his, his dates line up. Uh, but Burmo is going to, I think we're going to get to January, and Burmo will have been really, really important for them because it's all on his shoulders, really, to lead that attack. Uh, and then uh, the reason that we were talking so much about the Democratic Republic of Congo is, of course, Johan Visser. Uh, is, uh, that's, his, that's his nation, and uh, they could potentially qualify. Uh, and then Samuel Bastian uh, as well. Then Tariq Lamptey is officially a Ghanaian player. And so Brighton could be without him. But as I sort of already alluded to, is that really going to make a difference uh, to, to them? He hasn't really been able to play that much in the last couple of years anyway. So so it's a formality to talk about him. I do feel like Brighton are going to be in a very strong position in AFCON with those fixtures and for the most part being a in completely intact team. And then the last two names really sort of all involved in that, the Ghanaian IU brothers, Andre and Jordan, could also be involved in AFCON and you'd expect them to be. And that's another Nottingham Forest player potentially to uh, to get added to the list. And then uh, Jordan and I could be missing from Palace who could also be without Zaha 
uh, well, they might lose him anyway in the transfer window now, but if he stays long, then, you know, it, you're losing Ayo and Zaha is not insignificant for Palace, I would suggest. But of course, you know, could rely on Eze and Lise to uh, replace them as the two big names and the, the movers and shakers in that team. So we'll have to see uh, there. Let's have a quick look at what happened last time in AFCON in terms of when players came back and things like that. And then we're just going to talk about what AFCON could mean for the wild card. It's not necessarily like a huge consideration but it, when you combine it with a few other things uh, it's quite useful so last time it was it was uh, 2022 between the 9th of january and the 6th of february and in the end actually only cost us two fpl game weeks so game week 22 and 23 and so the final four ended up being senegal egypt cameroon and Burkina faso and so that meant that it was really salah mane and uh, edouard mendy uh, who were the sort of fpl considerations and those of us who owned those players or a combination of those players uh, especially with them only really missing two actual game weeks because of how the schedules aligned. Um, it was kind of like a bit of a nervous wait to sort of see when they were going to travel home, for example. And we could see that between game weeks 24 and 25 this time around. And so what transpired then was Salah, having lost that final on penalty shootout, uh, he had a 30-minute cameo in game week 24 following his late return from the tournament. And then his teammate Mane had slightly longer off. They obviously won, and I think he I think he used the opportunity possibly, I think, to go back to uh, his hometown and, and celebrate with them and just had a little bit of extended time off. So he wasn't involved in game with 24 at all. Um, so you could see that for whoever ends up winning. And then uh, Chelsea's uh, goalkeeper, Mendy, he then blanked. He actually had <laughs> a long time out because he wasn't involved in 22 and 23 because of the tournament. Uh, and then 24 and 25, Chelsea were involved in the, the Club World Cup. So... Yeah, as I've already said, the gap between game weeks 24 and 25 this time around is about six days, which hopefully is enough for all of the players involved in the last four to then come back for that, with the exception of maybe whichever team wins in case they go full Jack Grealish, you know. So um, that's kind of the consideration. I have mentioned the Club World Cup, and this is why we're going to talk about the wild card now, because um, it's possible that the combination of the Club World Cup and then AFCON happening... Um, in from game weeks 21 to 24 could have an impact on when you play that that first wild card and uh, so let's have let's have a look at that idea then it's it's not tremendously detailed so the thing about the wild card uh, this season is that if you play it super late you can use it to navigate properly that blank game week 18 that man city are going to have whereby you um you dead end into that game week and then therefore go into Game Week 18 having sold all your City players because they're not going to play because that's that's they're going to be in the Club World Cup. And then if you play your wild card in Game Week 19, then you can immediately bring them back. And Game Week 19 is the last time that you can use the first wild card. And then by doing that, you've only got to make it through Game Week 20, uh, well, game, well, Game Week 19 and 20 before then AFCON kicks in. And Salah especially is going to be someone who we would expect you're going to miss probably for most of those game weeks, possibly um, a few others as well. He's the biggest one, of course. Uh, but you could, if you wanted to, use that wild card to get rid of... So get rid of your City players going into 18, immediately wild card to bring them back in game week 19 and invest heavily in the three you think are the most likely to play all of those games when you consider those cup games involved as well. Maybe Mahrez is not there, taking him out of the rotation, that kind of thing. Salah's not around, so you can justify Haaland and De Bruyne. And you use game week 19 to do that. Prepare for AFCON whilst repairing your team from the Club World Cup because they're close enough together that we can kind of like attack both of those 
little niggles in the schedule with the same wild card. Now, you might find it a nervous idea to wait that late, but if you go and have a look at our video on when to play a wild card uh, for this season based on when the fixture swings are, um, I talked a little bit in that about the impact of a late wild card long term can be really really important because if you can get your team surviving till the right near the end of the first wildcard period it means that you can cover january february march without needing to wildcard again so that you can wildcard as late as possible in the second half of the season as well because you're asking your first wildcard to be in place for less time uh you uh, well sorry for, for, for a longer period i should say you can wildcard the second time a bit later and make sure you're absolutely playing at a time when you can really benefit from bench boosts, triple captains, all those double game weeks. And so when we factor in when AFCON is, and that little possible salad De Bruyne switch, game week 19 could be a good time to wildcard if you can wait that long. And I mean, I don't know if I could, but I might give it a go. I might give it a go because I think it's worth uh, considering. But yes, I hope that was uh, was helpful for people. Uh, I never thought we'd be talking about Afcon in uh, <laughs> this far in advance, but you know, it's it's always good to uh, to, to plan ahead and work out what we think we're going to do. Uh, if you found any of this uh, useful or helpful, then make sure that you do not forget to like this video, uh, subscribe to the Fantasy Football Scout YouTube channel, hit that bell notification uh, as well. Keep an eye out for other content we're going to have throughout the summer. And if you haven't already signed up to Fantasy Football Scout membership, now is the time so that you are ready uh, to go when the game launches and when the Premier League season begins. But with that, I will leave you fine, folks, to enjoy the rest of your summer, and I will see you next time.